everybody, we back. R2C2, another week. What's good, guys? We're on a nice groove right now going into October, C. I'm feeling good about the pod right now. Yeah, for sure, man. It's, you know, it's a good time of year. Playoff baseball. Locked in. We're locked in, man. We we got to chat with Jordan Montgomery, Dave Roberts, Dusty Baker, Justin Turner recently. We have a great conversation with Theo Epstein coming up. And today we get to preview the playoffs and reflect on what we saw last night with Aaron Judge hitting number 62. See, you know, it's funny because obviously this has been a couple weeks where we've been wondering, anticipating, is this the day? Is this the day? Just I'm so relieved for him that he got it because after, you know, you could just see the way it was weighing on him regardless of what he says. And then that moment, that's a forever moment, man, That's uh, that he's going to have forever. And I'm just glad because it's the crowning achievement of this historic season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I wasn't really too worried about it. I mean, I you know, you know, it, the, the, the one time I did get worried was yesterday, his last at bat when he uh, he grounded out the shortstop. Yeah. But he like rolled over and I'm like, oh, like, you know what I'm saying? That didn't look good. So it was just, a, you know, a couple swings that didn't look good. But I mean... If he's healthy, man, he's gonna hit homers. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just, it just is what it is. So, you know, I think for sure the pressure got to him. You know, knowing what coming up on the milestone when I was coming up on three thousand, watching Derek go to three thousand, watching A Rod come up on three thousand. You know, I've, I've watched and lived through that, so I know that that shit was hard for him. Everybody's standing there, and you know, you got, the, you know. Mary's family and all of this stuff. And so it just, it, it gets to be a little much. And then everybody's traveling with you, you know? So, um, you know, the fact that he got it done, you know, I think when it was just his family there, you know, the people who needed to be there, his wife, his mom, his dad, like it, it was, it was, I think it was a special moment because he's a private guy and he's not the guy that needs a thousand people in a suite to be there for them, you know, for him to hit the, You know what I'm saying? So, like, it just it happened at the perfect time. See, how about you knowing him the way that you do as a teammate, uh, as someone who was a leader who he looked up to? I know the way Aaron reveres you. You know, what just, like, you know, seeing him have this historic season, you know, what do you kind of reflect upon knowing him from the time he broke into the big leagues? Yeah, no, I mean, I think if, you know, I think we all thought if, you know, if he stayed healthy for a full season, you know, he could hit 70. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the very first year he's in the big leagues, his rookie year, he hits 52 home runs. And, right, right. you know, he wasn't as as good of a hitter as he is now and knowing the strike zone and understanding, you know, what he can and can't drive out of the park. Um, so, man, it's just amazing to see him have this season. I think for, you know, as a fan base, he had to have this season for the Yankees to even get into the playoffs. So yep. uh, it was just perfect timing all around from the fa- for a, from a fan's perspective, you know, watching as an old teammate, you know, as a bigger brother or bigger, you know, mentor or whatever, and as a as an older player, just watching him be able to go into free agency and do that um, is awesome, man. To be able to feel good the way like, I mean, I, I'm not like that's the way I felt when I was going into free agency when I was in Milwaukee. I was like, give me the fucking ball, like. Get, like, there's nobody, like, give me the ball. Like, we're, you know what I'm saying? So that's how he feels right now. There's no better feeling like that than going in, 
So you can go into tell somebody to pay me. They give me the money, guys. <laughs> Back that <laughs> fucking truck up. <laughs> hey, he's getting that truck, man. He is Back getting that, that fucking truck, truck up, you, guys. You know, a couple of things. See, like I think about when we had Brett Gardner on the pod in spring training after Judge's rookie season. And he told us a story about running on the backfield with Judge. This was spring of 2018. And he said, you know, Aaron stopped him and he said, you know, Brett, he said, some people, like, they have one season. I'm not going to be a one-hit wonder. I'm going to make damn sure I'm not a one-hit wonder. And, like, he, to me, you know, he has the seriousness, the work ethic, the care of team, the care of winning, saying the right things, the presence, like he has all of that to go with the talent, right? And that's, and he's also this larger than life figure, but that's what sort of takes him into this place of being a generational superstar for a franchise that has more of them than any franchise in the history of American sports. He embodies all of the things that we crave from a person who's trying to ascend to that position. And so it feels fitting to have him have this historic season because everything about him feels like it's made for this and meant for this. It is why he feels like the person who's getting the torch from Jeter. Now we know in Yankee land, you're also going to have to have a ring or two or three or more on that finger eventually to, you know, to have that place forever. I mean, Mattingly never won. You're right. You're right. He didn't, he didn't. That's, that's true. See, and he's, and he's revered. He, he, he is revered forever. Um, so you're right. Maybe not because Aaron has performed in October, something Jeter also pointed out, uh, in an interview recently when he was asked about judge, he said, Hey, judge has hit in October. He's come through in October. He's always showed up. Always. So see, you're right. For me, he's that next guy, right? He's that next face of the franchise and it's felt fitting. And, and I was just so genuinely excited for him to have that moment because you know, you know, how much it means, and just kind of the mystical aspect as well. How about him doing it while the Yankees are 99 and 62? Number 99 hits number 62. You know, obviously 61 years after Roger Maris hits 61. Uh, the names you get put with, I just, it, it's amazing, man. And he just, he feels like the perfect guy to do it. Yeah, no, I think it was, it was and I said this earlier in the summer, like watching him chase down that record in that uniform is going to be special. And I think Everybody wants to try to, you know, blow it up as the American League record and put this name on it because somebody, they want to, like, erase Bonds' record or whatever. But the home run record is 73 home runs. You know what I'm saying? I think it's incredibly special for him to chase that record down in that uniform. I understand what it what it means to play in that, yeah. in that organization. So that, for me, watching him do that is incredibly special. So just understanding the pressure of that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And being and being at the top of those names is even more special than trying to say it's an American League record to try to diminish what Bonds did. You know what I'm saying? So so for me, it's special in that way. See, I think what you just said is so perfect because for me, whenever someone brings up that aspect of things, I'm like, it's not even a thought in my mind. Like, I don't care. What yeah. I care is just about how special this is within its own it, Within the Yankee family. Within yes. the Yankee, I think, understanding what this means, and maybe it's only for Yankee fan base to, to make it, to, for it to be that special. But it is something special when you start to be in, when you see your name in there, like with Gidry and Whitey Ford, or, you know what I'm saying, Roger Maris and, 
the Bay. Babe Ruth, like, man. You start, yeah. you start, your name start being up there with Babe Ruth <laughs> and doing shit in a Yankee uniform that he did or passing him. Like, I mean, that shit is, I mean, you can't even dream about that, guys. It's amazing. Speaking of passing, Jeff Passin will join us uh, in just a, good one. just a moment. You like it? <laughs> uh, yeah. MLB a good ins- insider extraordinaire uh, from ESPN is going to join us in a moment. He gives great context on Judge um, and also breaks down some awesome things heading into the playoffs. See, I did want us to just dive into real quick our predictions uh, for this postseason as we get ready, uh, this this podcast coming out Thursday, playoffs start on Friday. We'll also be updating the pods throughout the playoffs, reacting to big games, um, mixing in some guests, uh, you know, previewing series. So make sure you guys are locked to R2C to our YouTube channel and, and the pod uh, at large. I did a Yes Watch Party, see, on the Yes app uh, during uh, Judge's 60-second home run. So many of the people I talked to, massive R2C2 fans. So that was very cool to see. Nice. Yeah, we always appreciate that. So see, all right. You're looking at um you're looking at this uh this playoffs. Uh let's go uh Cleveland, Tampa, and then Toronto, Seattle, St. Louis, Philly, Matt, San Diego. Who are your four winners? I like Cleveland out of Cleveland, Tampa. Um, okay. I like Cleveland. Um, all right. they're hot. They are hot. They 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 pitch, man. Yeah. Um they have the pitching depth, so I think if they can pitch, I think they put the ball in play enough. I think that they can beat um, the Rays, especially in Cleveland. So I like Cleveland, and and I like Seattle. I like Seattle. I like Luis Castillo going game one, and I like what that young lineup can do. So I like I like those two coming out of the wild card um, in the National League. St. Louis over Philly. Um, I just think they got the depth. I think St. Louis could be sneaky good in that National League, but the National League is just a beast. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, I'm gonna pick the Mets to come to beat the Padres, but the Mets ain't getting past the Dodgers. Yeah, but I, I'm, gonna pick, I'm gonna pick the Mets to come out of that wild card series. I am. Uh, I'm in agreement with you on every wild card series. Cleveland, Tampa, I toyed with, but I think people are underselling a little bit how. Well, Cleveland played yep. down the stretch in the second half of the season, you know. I think um, people undersell how good their pitching is, man. Yeah, I'm I agree. You. Tristan McKenzie, like, I watched that up close, like, and he yep. was just kind of finding it. Um, but, uh, but I called one of his games, you're just like, easy cheese and, you know, great stuff. And I'm with you. I think Seattle is a sneaky, dangerous team in these playoffs, man. They have a great bullpen. They have very good top-end starters. Yep. They have enough offense. Um, I think they're a sneaky, difficult team in these playoffs. I- I'm with you on all the wild-card rounds. I'll jump to my CSs. I-, I mean, my DSs. I think the Yankees will beat Cleveland. I think Houston will beat Seattle. But I think both those series could be a little more difficult than people expect. I think St. Louis Atlanta is going to be a really interesting series, man. I'll pick the Braves, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if St. Louis knocked them off as good as Atlanta is. Dodgers Mets, I am going to take the Dodgers, but again, that is going to be a crazy series. Ultimately, I think we get Yankees Dodgers in the World Series, which is what I predicted before the season. I think the Yankees find a way to beat Houston, even if it seems like Houston should still beat them on paper. And did have their number in the regular season. That's probably one where I'm picking with my heart more than my head. 
I'm thinking I'm going. I think Seattle can beat uh, Houston. Yeah, they the, can. Can wouldn't that be crazy, man? I think Seattle can beat Houston and Yankees over over the the Mariners. And what you got in the National League? You got Dodgers, Braves in the NLCS. I think I think it's going. Yeah, Dodgers, Braves, and I think the Braves. All right, and then you got Yanks beating the Mariners. I got the Yankees. So I got the Yankees and the Braves in the in the in the World Series. And I got Yankees, Dodgers. Well. We are going to find out, see. We'll see what Jeff Passon's predicting as well. Get all of his thoughts on Aaron Judge. We also do touch into the free agency a little bit uh, with Jeff as well. So without further ado, here's MLB insider extraordinaire from ESPN, Jeff Passon on R2C2. Well, Jeff, thank you for coming back on R2C2. Your episode around the trade deadline was a huge hit. And now we get to chat with you after history is made by Aaron Judge and heading into the baseball playoffs. So thanks for being back, man. It's great to be here. It's an exciting time of year. I, I love October. I don't sleep. I'm traveling everywhere. But, <laughs> I, you know, it's this is like this is the best ball that there is. This it, is it, it <laughs> is. It's the best time of year, though, because basketball starting. You got fantasy football up. It's, it's playoff baseball. You know what I'm saying? Like best time of year for for all ball like it's, it's it's incredible i'm i'm about to win my fantasy baseball league i think today this is this has been going on since i was 10 years old wow. like our like wow. our dads were in it and there's actually a winner's penalty where if you win the league you get to write record and in front of them at the draft next year perform a diss track on all the other people <laughs> in the league. And so of all, of all oh, the important shit. things I'm going to be writing this off season, Aaron judges, free agency, DeGrom's free agency. Oh, Tani getting traded. No, I'm going to put more effort in, <laughs> into my song than any of those. Oh man, that is terrific. Uh, well, we look forward to hopefully seeing that make its way around the internet at some point. It Jeff. Will, Absolutely. I, if, if, if it ever does, uh, <laughs> I will probably be fired. So no, So Jeff, I mean, there's so much we want to uh, get into with you um, and, and also be conscious of your time, busy man, this time of year, but let's just start with uh, what CC and I opened our episode with. And, and that's just reflecting on judge and 62 for you. Just, I mean, there's a million different ways to talk about this accomplishment, mm -hmm. but what is the thing that resonates most with you about this season that Aaron Judge has had? Um, I think there's a tendency because baseball is a sport that loves and reveres its history more than any to try and contextualize this by comparing it to what's happened in the past. I like contextualizing it by looking at the game today mm. and how Aaron Judge compares to his peers. And it's why when I look at Shohei Otani's season this year as incredible a performance as you can possibly imagine, you know, he's been the best pitcher in baseball for the last four months. He's one of the best hitters in baseball. And somehow Aaron Judge not only has been a better player, but a more valuable player as well. And I, I look at the game now. I look at the fastball velocity. I look at the breaking balls that are being designed in labs. I look at the defense. I look at everything that conspires against hitters to make them less effective. And Aaron Judge somehow has been more effective and not just more effective uh, in his ability to put the bat on the ball and hit it over the 
defense. He's just a better hitter, a better defender, a better runner, a better baseball player. And to be doing this going into your 30s when baseball players are supposed to be heading off to to the morgue because, you know, once you hit 30, it's all downhill from there. (laughs) Uh, The fact that he's doing this now, I think, speaks to, to who he is not just as a player, but as somebody who's really taken care of himself in a better fashion and executed a plan. And that, that to me, is the most telling part of this whole thing. Aaron Judge had a choice as he was getting older. He could have continued doing the same thing, or he could have figured out how to work smarter, preserve his body, and stay on the field. And all he ever needed was to stay on the field to perform like this. And he's having the year he is against the competition he is because of that. No, I mean, I think you hit the nail right on the head when, you know, it's just him about him staying on the field. I think mm-hmm. you saw it the very first year. I mean, even the year he hit 50 at 52, that first year was like, damn, he could have hit 70. Mm-hmm. But he's just such a young hitter. You know what I'm saying? And then it, it yeah. was just a bunch of injuries and not being able, like you said, figuring out how to take care of himself. Maybe not running, the, you know, as hard on, you know, some of these plays. Or you still see him diving at some of these plays. Oh, and damn, because, like, just let that ball go. Like, that's <laughs> 10 rows deep. But, like, I mean, that's just who he is. But, like you said, being able to understand how to take care of himself to be out on the field, I think is the most valuable thing because what he does and who he is and and how hard he hits the ball, nobody can replicate that. That's why he is, you know, number 99, a creative player. But it's just about, (laughs) no, it's just about him being able to stay on the field and and be able to play 155 games. And these are the numbers he can put up consistently. It's crazy. And and see, you're one of the few people who actually – can look, not just look Aaron judge in the eye, but look at him as a baseball player and say, I know what it's like as a big man to age and how difficult it is and how, you know, these guys who were six, one or six two, 180, 190, 200 pounds, they have such a different aging process than a bigger man. Who's got the stress on his bones, on his joints, on his muscles, on everything at a higher level because he is carrying around that extra size. And it makes it even more difficult, I think, to do what he's doing and going forward to continue doing what he's done. You know, and, and Jeff, I think the way you just articulated the the context within the season of Aaron Judge's season, looking around the league, It was so beautifully said. And to me, that's what resonates for me as well. It's not so much, okay, yeah, okay, the history in Chasing Maris, obviously that was amazing and that's so fun. But but it's also then when you're looking at what he's done this year, it's looking at the rest of the league. And Mm -hmm. the way you talked about how, you know, basically the game is conspired to make hitting difficult right now, but also when you just see that no one is close to touching what he's doing this year. And Fangraphs had a great article today about that, putting in context uh, kind of, you know, what he's done really we have not seen since the 20s and 30s when you look at one player compared to the rest of baseball. I just look at at Aaron Judge's OPS plus, and I know it's a very simple statistic. OPS, you know, probably doesn't weight on base percentage as much as it should. It has on base percentage and slugging is equivalent when OBP is more important than slug, but it's still a pretty good catch all number. And OPS plus is your OPS compared to the average in the league. And the average is a 100. Aaron Judge 
is a 211 OPS plus <laughs> this year. Anytime you get over 200, it means that you are 100% better than the average player in the major leagues. It's it's silly to think that he's outproducing guys by 2 plus X, but that's where he is this year. And the, you know, the counting stats, the, the runs, the RBIs, of course, the home runs, even the walks, they all back that up. And by the way, Aaron judge hit three eleven this year. Remember that first season when he hit 52 home runs, he also struck out 208 times. And anytime you have a guy who's punching 208 times, you can't fathom the possibility of him hitting 300, but Aaron judges turn into a complete player uh, has been pretty damn well-timed. Well, you are not. Yeah. The timing is, is definitely um, the word Jeff, when you, when you look ahead to the off season, I, I want to drive us towards the playoffs, but because you just said that, and you mentioned three things before that interest me, let's just touch on that briefly. His free agency, as you can hear, my daughter really wants to know about as well. <laughs> <laughs> his free agency, Jeff, do you think that, I mean, is there a chance that a team like the Giants could come in? I know people are talking about, oh, 10 years, 400 million. Is there a chance that they could say, no, 10 years, 500 million. We're going to do whatever it takes to make it almost impossible for him to say no. Nope, that's not going to happen. Okay. I don't think 400 is going to happen either. Okay. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I, you know, listen. I I hesitate to talk in certainties, but what I try to do in situations like this with free agency is break them down as logically as I possibly can. And the logic here is very simple. Not since Derek Jeter have the New York Yankees, the preeminent team in North American sports, one of the biggest brands in the world, produced a player like, like Derek Jeter and Aaron judge is that guy. Aaron judge is the heir to the captain. And one would assume to the captain C if he returns. And there have been moments this season where if you take Aaron judge out of that lineup, you're like, is this team any good? And I know, yeah. And, and I and I know a lot of that was when they were banged up, and you know when Kiner Falefa was batting fourth, and there were you know you've had uh, Oswaldo Cabrera and Oswald Peraza come up in addition to uh, Rizzo returning to Lemayhu returning to Stanton returning, and all of a sudden the Yankees lineup looks supercharged like it was earlier this season. But even now, if you take Aaron Judge out of it, it ain't the same team. And you can try and backfill that with, you know, one, two, three guys here, but man, baseball may not be a superstar game, but the New York Yankees are a superstar organization. And is there anyone right now who embodies superstardom in baseball better than Aaron judge? No, it's not close. No, uh, but, but to, I think too, I think Judgey needs to recognize that the, that Yankee uniform too. Cause if he is doing this in San Francisco, it's not as big of a story. No. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, they let Robbie Cano walk at, at this time too, when he was the biggest free agent at, and, and they produced him as the, the heir apparent to the, you know what I'm saying? Like it was kind of the same thing. He was, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. I mean, he was never, 
He was. It, not, it, he was. It wasn't in, close. In, Come on, in man. That, in that clubhouse, he was. In that clubhouse, I'm telling you, I was in there. He was. Yep. And so Rob, you think you think a, that was Robbie? A, Robbie was seen the same way. That, that was judges. A, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He had the All same. Right. They had the same amount of pull, especially at that time, for sure. Cano did. Yeah. But not as a. But not as to the fan base. See, would you agree with that? Like Cano was never the face of the franchise Absol- the way that judges. Absol- absolutely not. No. Yeah. Nobody yeah. is ever the franchise of the, I mean, the face of the franchise like Derek Jeter until there's the Aaron Judge right now. Right. Yeah. But as far as like pulling the weight in the clubhouse, that's, thousand yeah. percent. That's what I was going to say. Robbie, Robbie has been beloved wherever he's gone. And he's, mm-hmm. and he's a guy who bridged Latin American and American players. He was, he was the conduit there and that goes a long way. Um, you know, Aaron judge, um, I spent, I spent a fair bit of time around the Yankees the last few weeks and seeing like seeing the reverence that people have for him inside that clubhouse. It's a very real thing. Absolutely. Like he does, he, he just does little things that, endear him to people and it's not just the other stars in the clubhouse it's you know it's the 26th man it's Mm -hmm. it's 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 stupid stuff you wouldn't think would make that big of a difference but when the guy who's going and breaking the american league home run record and hitting 62 home runs um you know if you need a a fork for the food you're eating uh, and he says, hey, you need me to get you a fork? That stuff, like, that goes a long way. It's just yeah. being a decent human being. And I think that's that's one thing with him that everybody who's around him says. He's a decent person. Yeah. I hope I hope they both recognize that and get this deal done and he stays in a, in a Yankee uniform. Okay, see, see, let me let me ask you this, because somebody brought this up to me a few days ago, and I'm curious. I uh, Listen, uh, I, I can try and believe that I know how athletes think after doing this for 20 years, but um, I, I, I don't have that level of competition inside me to understand whether this particular thing I'm about to pose would be uh, too negative a thought for anyone who's competitive to have or a particularly realistic one. And that is this. If Aaron Judge left New York right now, he would be leaving after one of the most historic seasons in baseball history. Uh, he would be leaving after breaking Roger Maris's American League record. He would be leaving with a lot of goodwill still, I think. And I feel like if he left, uh, the blame may go to the Yankees, who have been taking slings and arrows in recent years about their willingness or, in some eyes, unwillingness to go and spend money. But the the reason someone posed to me that he might want to leave is because he understands that if he goes back, it's going to be eight, nine, 10 years. It's going to be for 35, 38, $40 million a year. And that by the end of the contract, he is not going to be the player that he once was in all likelihood. And New York is an unforgiving, unrelenting place. And what this person suggested is why would he want to ruin a great ending like this by sticking around for a long time and potentially putting himself in that position where things could turn ugly at the end. Is that something that players think about? And is that something that you think knowing Aaron judge, how you do that would enter into his mind? That's something that players think about that didn't grow up a Yankee. 
Aaron Judge grew up uh, a, a New York Yankee. This is all he knows is playing okay. in the Bronx. All he knows is excellence and is trying to win championships. All he's ever seen since he's walked into a pro, a professional uh, uh, clubhouse is 27 championships. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. So, mm-hmm. no, I mean, this is this is what he's born into. He don't know any, you know what I'm saying? Like, somebody else, like, coming out and, and you know, going into that organization, like, if I got a chance to wiggle out of here right now and maybe finish <laughs> up somewhere, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But no, no, no. No, no, no. He don't know any better. And that's, to, to Brett Gardner's point, why he didn't play anywhere this year. Because he don't, he don't know anything but playing in the Bronx and putting that uniform on and competing mm-hmm. to win a championship. No matter how the season goes, that's just what they know. And when they grow up that way, that's who they are. And you know what else, like from the fan perspective, when you are with the homegrown guys, it's a whole different leash at the end of the road, oh. you know? Oh, okay. You know, yeah. that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Like, cause it's different. It's different than the, the hired gun or, you know, who, yeah. who's brought in and not producing like the end years of Mark Teixeira or, you know, and Alex Rodriguez, whoever it might be, are going to be treated differently than the end years of uh, Derek Jeter or Bernie Williams or whoever, you know, or in this case, an Aaron judge, but it's, it's interesting. I love all of this. Jeff. And I also, you know, I want to ask you about these playoffs because it feels to me like we are positioned to have an epic postseason. CeCe has been jacked up about the NL playoffs since July. Um, I don't blame, I don't blame him. (laughs) I mean, honestly, like most of the great teams in baseball right now, I think are in the national league. Yeah. I think national league is a lot stronger. How do you see just starting with the, you know, just thinking about not to go series by series, but let's let's dive Padres Mets. What stands out to you about this series and 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 what we might see in three games at City Field after the Braves ended up yanking the division away? I'm genuinely curious to see two things. Number one, how did the Mets rebound? Not from um, a collapse, because let's get one thing straight. They didn't the Braves went secretariat on their ass. That's what happened. <laughs> no, but you could call it a collapse at Truist last weekend. Yes, that's though. right. Yeah. No, so they it did was, collapse. No, they got their asses whooped. And they no, had their three yeah, guys going they, too. they did. No, they, they choked at Truist, but they didn't collapse <laughs> the whole season. <laughs> but, but we can't, we can't like, we can't boil this down. I, I understand it's a huge series. You, you just cannot do that. Um, but this was something where Atlanta spent four months playing like the Dodgers, like that, that's what happened. And Atlanta just caught them from behind and was one of those races where if you don't have your foot on the gas the entire time, uh, it's going to be a problem. But the, the second part of this, you know, I, I think the Mets certainly have the fortitude to recover. I'm curious to see how Buck Walter lays out his rotation. I am very curious to see if Max Scherzer is going game one and if they win game one, do they use Chris Bassett in game two, hoping that he can end the series there and then they have in a five-game series against the Dodgers, DeGrom in game one. I got to look at the calendar, but I think it would probably be maybe Taiwan Walker in game two um, or, or, you know. It, uh, or a cookie. Yeah, or Could Carrasco. Scherzer come back for game two yeah, at Scherzer, that point? I'm not sure if Scherzer's back for two or if he would be back for, for three. three. Yeah, I wouldn't even it, push it, though, yet. You know what I'm saying? But that's interesting the oh, way yeah. you, they have to lay it out now. And that they didn't win the division, they got to play in this wild card series. Uh-huh. 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's a lot tougher for that older team and kind of rotation to go through this and try to win the World Series now, I think. Yeah, and and let's not let's not look past San Diego. Um, you know, there there's been some disappointing times for that team this year. Juan Soto hasn't produced like he hoped to. Josh Bell's sort of disappeared since he's gotten traded over. Um, but over the last couple of months, there may not be a better pitching duo in baseball than you, Darvish and Blake Snell. They have been that good. They have been those dudes. And when you have Joe Musgrove lined up, you know, to, to fill out that rotation. And when you have a bullpen, that's sneaky good, like the Padres is. And, and I don't know that the Mets have uh, enough bullpen depth to compete uh, maybe with the Atlantas or the the Houston's of the world. Uh, I'm not going to say the Mets are in trouble. I'm picking them to win the series, but if San Diego starting pitching goes out and shoves, like it could be a wrap and, and they are more than capable of doing that. Jeff, how about what is, have you sensed any sort of general reaction to the new format and how, how it's being received, uh, throughout baseball, either, you know, within teams or clubhouses or anything along those lines? You know, I think the interesting part of this whole thing is the sentiment that it may be more advantageous to be a two seed than a one seed. Um, because if you like, let's look at what the the two seeds have, um, you know, the Yankees are going to be facing either Cleveland, which was far and away the weakest division winner or the six seed in Tampa. So if you have a weak division, like both of the central divisions are, who would you rather face? Would you rather face the winner of Tampa and Cleveland, or would you rather face the winner of Toronto and Seattle? Yeah, no doubt. You'd rather face the Tampa Cleveland winner. Yep. Famous and, and last words, but yeah. Right. And <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's the same thing in the national league though. You know, same the, thing in the national league. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's a really good, I had not thought of that, Jeff, but that's a great point. It, which is not just going to have to play the Mets. You know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, and that's why I just say, because, you know, I, I've been picking the Mets since like July. I've I been high on them. But now mm-hmm. after not winning the division, I just assumed they were going to win division. So right. that's why, that's why I say they collapsed. Cause I just, in my <laughs> mind, I'm like, Oh, it's over. And then the Braves chase them down and then, you know, give them an ass whooping in at truest. So then I'm like, now it's going to be even tougher because now they have to go and play the Dodgers right after this tough series against, against San Diego. I know. And if they beat the Dodgers, they're probably going to have to go play the Braves. <laughs> I, mean, the, I mean, the Mets, they, the Mets, the Mets have the single toughest path in the entire postseason. It's not even close. Mm. And and all because of that, well, not all, but pretty much all because of that series at Truist. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is true. Jeff, how about if you were, I mean, do you in the National League, do, do you have a, a a favorite that you feel strongly about talking about how, you know, loaded the competition is out there? Is there mm-hmm. one team for you that you feel like, but they're still my favorite? You know, it's weird for you to ask that question and me not to say the 110 win team, but I'm not going to, because I think Atlanta is a significantly better team than it was last year when it won the world series. Mm. You add Michael Harris jr. In center field stud, you add Spencer Strider, who they're hoping to get back from an oblique 
into a rotation. And he's right there alongside Harris in the rookie of the year voting. You add Kyle Wright, who was a non-factor last year and is a 20-game winner now. You add Kenley Jansen to that bullpen. You replace Freddie Freeman with Matt Olson. Matt Olson's not Freddie Freeman. Pretty damn good. Uh, you see Dansby Swanson take a step forward. You see Austin Riley stabilize as the star he is. You see Ronald. Oh, by the way, Ronald Acuna Jr. didn't play in the playoffs last <laughs> yeah. year. He's, like he's back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, they add a guy in Colin McHugh who just gives different looks from Matzik and Minter and Rysel Iglesias. They get at the trade deadline. They're loaded everywhere. And it, you know, as as much as I want to, you know, as much as I want to sit here and say that contact is of the utmost importance in the playoffs, because I do believe that, you know, if you're trying to create a secret sauce for playoff winning, that contact, it does go a long way. Um, the Braves strike out a lot, but they hit nukes and they pitch their ass off and they're just really, really talented top to bottom. They are. And they're, 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 they're confident. It's like, they're no, they know they're really good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like Dansby comes up in a big spot and he just like, he went deep in all three of those games. The yes, last he did. Weekend. Like, and so I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible how they just, they step up to the moment and not just get big hits, but they like you said, they hit nukes. In yes, big they do. spots, like it's uh, it's impressive to watch. So, yeah, I mean, and and if you, I mean, arguably, I think if Mookie don't make that catch in Texas in 2020, then the Braves go to the World Series that year too. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, yep, they may be the better team for the last three years. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we'll have to it, wait and see how it plays w- out. It's wild to think about, though, right? A team with 110 wins and they're not like the obvious. Well, well, of course, they're the favorite well, in the National League. And, you and, know? and here's it, it's not just a team with 110 wins. It's a team with with Trey Turner and Mookie Betts and Freddie, Freddie Freeman, Freeman. And, <laughs> and Will Smith and Justin <laughs> Turner. And you can go on and on. It's a team with, the, you know, Julio Arias, who's second half ERA is like one. And Tyler Anderson comes out of nowhere to to be a frontline starter. Um you know, they, they lose this year, Walker Bueller and Blake Trinan and Daniel Hudson and can go on and on about the, the injuries that the Dodgers have sustained. And one of the reasons that they are, I think probably the model organization in baseball right now, well, number one, it helps to have $250 million payrolls, but beyond that, the, the drafting and developing that they've done has allowed them to, to have a ton of depth. Mm. And, and when, one man goes down, they always seem to have someone else to pick them right back up. And when you have that organizational depth in place, then that allows you to have young guys in the big leagues and to go out and spend on superstars. And that's exactly what they do. But uh, the Dodgers bullpen worries me. It does. They, they have, yeah. you know, they do not have, they're like the Yankees. They don't have a guy right now who's pitching the ninth inning. Just don't know who it's going to be. And, uh, you know, maybe they figure it out like they did in 2020 when they put Julio Arias in, in that role at the end of the game. You know, maybe that's Andrew Haney. Hell, maybe they they can go back to Arias. Um, but until I know what the Dodgers are doing in those final innings, I'm just not going to be able to trust them quite as much as I do the Braves. 
think that makes a lot of sense, man, which is crazy to think about, but it makes a lot of sense. Jeff, we'll uh, get you out of here in just a moment. Just want to ask you this one. American League, if we don't see Yankees-Astros in the ALCS, who do you think will be the team that prevents that from happening? Ooh, that's a good question. I have I have the Rays and the Jays advancing. Okay. And you know, they're they're two really different teams, and not just in their construction, but but in their pedigree, I think. We've seen the Rays be bad motherfuckers in the playoffs. <laughs> yes, right, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, play just so high above what you think their talent level is, what we perceive their names to be. And so I appreciate that about Tampa Bay. I appreciate the way Kevin Cash manages. I don't think this is one of their better teams, but I do think they match up pretty well against Cleveland. Toronto, if it gets good starting pitching and can figure out a three or four reliever rotation upon whom it can rely. And, you know, maybe that's Bass, maybe that's Pop, maybe that's Simber, maybe that's Mesa, definitely Jordan Romano, um, Jimmy Garcia. Like they, they got enough guys there. If they get that bullpen going and get and, and figure out who that third pitcher in their rotation is going to be, because I re- like, I, I don't know if you guys have watched a lot of Alec Manoa, uh, he might be my favorite pitcher to watch in the big leagues these days. I like him in an October spot too. Like I he just, him. yeah, I yeah. love him in yeah. October. Yeah. Um, and Kevin, and Kevin Gossman, you know, uh, he has, uh, he's one of those guys who doesn't walk anyone strikes out a lot of dude, doesn't give up a lot of home runs and, uh, has been hurt by his defense this year. And if there's going to be a downfall for the blue Jays, it will be their gloves and, or, their pitching depth, but I'll tell you if they're that team that gets on a heater in October, they can beat the Yankees. They can beat the Astros. They can go to the world series. The talent is so good there. How about your, just your, your world series prediction, Jeff, if you have one, uh, I'm going chalky this year. I'm, you know what? I picked the white Sox in the preseason this year and feel like a real (laughs) asshole. And, and you know what? You're never going to be too big of an asshole for going chalkish. So uh, I'm going Braves over uh, Astros. All right. All right. right. Well, Jeff, we always appreciate the time and your perspective, insight, just your delivery. I really like your delivery, man. I think, you know, underrated part of of your overall. Is that that, that so? (laughs) I I, know. I I appreciate that because, you know, you know, I'm just a writer. I'm just faking this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're faking it well, man. You're faking it well. Uh, Jeff, we appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Enjoy October, and hopefully we'll catch up again sometime before free agency. Hey, the real pleasure of this all has been listening to you be a terrible dad. Congratulations on that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'm telling you. Evie is very into her avocado and strawberries right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. 13 months old, Jeff. You know this life. Uh, yeah, I know it now. Trust me. Uh, she, she will stay cute for the rest of her life, but, uh, I've got large, smelly, gross teenage boys. And (laughs) let me tell you, that is, uh, that's a thing. That's a different problem. (laughs) CC knows that life. Man. well, by, by the way, by the way, Cece, I, I did mean to tell you this. Uh, my son 
wants win reality because of you and Carson's commercial. There you go. If, if yeah. they go, does he play the, the VR all the time? Uh, no, we still have avoided the VR thing in okay. our household just because okay. I'm one of those parents. We, he, he's a freshman in high school this year and, and he's a pitcher and uh, we did not get him a phone until the end of eighth grade. Oh, so you've been doing great. Uh, but yes. if, if, he, if you're going to break down and get the VR, you might as well just make it be a baseball thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's the, you know what? You sound, <laughs> you sound like a 15 year old right now. <laughs> oh, the things are laying all over, uh, there, all over your cartridge probably uh, playing right now. Oh man. <laughs> well, Jeff, thank you so much, man. We look forward to the next time we talk to you and hopefully we catch you at the ballpark in October. I'm uh, looking forward to it, boys. Thanks for having me. All right, see, you ready to get these uh, playoffs started Friday, man? Man, I'm, I'm excited, man. Wild card, I think the new format is exciting. Um, you know, getting a three-game series. I think it's it's going to be tough sledding for some of these teams, though. Um, you know, coming through that wild card series, have to line up your pitching, then going through the DS. is not as many off days. Um, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be fun uh, getting started on Friday. And see, I, I do want to uh, end with the most important note of this episode, and that's you celebrating seven years of sobriety, man. Uh, oh, I appreciate that. That is so awesome, dude. Um, just to to see you uh, up close and, and obviously get to know you better throughout the years, man. Uh, I, I'm proud of you. I, I know uh, I know how much it's meant to you and your life, and, and what an accomplishment, man. Good for you, dude. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, seven years today. It was a tough decision, but it was uh, it was a life changing one. Good one, though. So appreciate it. All right. Well, plenty more to celebrate as the postseason goes on. We appreciate you guys hanging with us throughout. Make sure you're locked in. New episodes every Thursday. Bonus episodes as well. Huge shout out to Sadie Zillow, to Atta for all they do for the pod, and uh, Jackson as well. Uh, always uh, doing great things for us. And uh, we will see you next week. Peace, everybody. Peace. <laughs>